What's going on, everyone? It's another episode of Left Side Heavy, the podcast presented by Blue Wire Hustle. You know, it's me, Jevin LaFave. Hayden Barton is in person on this episode. We are talking all sorts of topics and we're doing a little something different. Usually he's just on for football, but he's trying to expand his knowledge in other sports. So we're talking a little hockey this week, some Canucks news, trade rumors. We hired a new general manager. So we talked about that. Vander Kane signing with the Oilers. And then we talk NFL. Brady, is he retiring? We talk about the games, the coaching carousel going on, and many more to come. So it's going to be a very, very exciting episode. I really hope you guys enjoy it. Be sure to uh, leave a rating review on Apple and Spotify. Be sure to follow the socials. Subscribe to the YouTube, Left Side Heavy. Uh, put the bell on so you never miss an upload. Like, comment, interact with me on all platforms. I love replying to any sort of messages or comments that you guys post but as for this episode episode 81 i hope you enjoy it and here is hayden barton peace it's episode 81 of left side heavy the podcast presented by blue wire hustle it's your boy jevin lafave and hayden this is take two baby take two yeah (laughs) had to adjust the mic levels after we started recording which bad podcasting I should have done before we started recording, but we're back in person. Back in person. That's nice. It is very nice. We both, uh, you got handled with the vid. You got handed the vid. Yep. Allegedly. I mean, we can't, uh, can't, get, a, can't get a test around here, so we're kind of just... Fuck, so stupid. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. just because I feel bad, but I'm not super sick. Also yeah. not a healthcare or a liability to anyone. No, no, no. You, you don't need a test. Just yeah. assume you have it and take yeah. days off. So, yeah, you uh, got days off, but we're back in person. It's been a while. I think it's the first time since the KBNR that we did. With the girls. Yeah, with the girls. Mm-hmm. And was that before the NHL season started? Oh, my God. I think so. I think it was. So, I think the latest in-person one was when the last one was Nelson and Goff. I think, to preview the hockey season. But, yeah, we're back in person. It feels a lot better. The sounds, the audio's a lot better. Yeah. Just the vibe's a lot better, you know what I'm saying? You gotta love the in-person vibes. Of course. Of yeah. course. But how you been, bro? Uh, you know, it's other than COVID. Great weekend of football. Um, Back still hurts. Nothing yep. new. And, yeah, now I can say I've had COVID. Yeah. Now we're COVID bros, man. Honestly, yeah, I so for the first like two years of the of COVID actually like being around and being relevant, I was like, I don't think like I'm gonna try and elude like I'm gonna try and avoid this as much as I can. Of course. And uh I was kind of impressed with myself. I was like, I haven't gotten it <laughs> yet. A lot of people are kinda of dropping like flies, like <laughs> 1300 cases a day like at least and i'm just out here chilling Mm -hmm. and then i was in contact and then i tested positive and i was like oh well unfortunately i could stay away from it forever and then within the past month i've been in contact with like four positive cases i was like (laughs) it's just following you around as soon as the floodgates open (laughs) boom i'm just getting like it's trying to get back at me like ever since i tested positive but that natural immunity is Truthfully, I just can't believe no one else from our little get-together got sick other than Shaden and I. 
Oh, Shaden was like Georgia was case or uh, was patient zero, yeah. and then it was boom, Shaden and I. Yeah, and then none of the boys got it; they were all fine, and obviously Duncan didn't get it because he wasn't there. But like the fact that nobody else got it, and it's like we were all sober, uh, super close to Georgia. Yeah, just baffled my mind, and I had to listen to like a week straight of. Oh, my immune system's just built different, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, yeah, man. Yeah, it's just like chirping yours. Like Hayden's weak. Yeah, it's like... Yeah, you don't got what it takes. Like, it's not my fault, man. Jesus. <laughs> no, yeah, because... Yeah, it was for George's birthday, and uh, Callie got it, too. Oh, Callie did get yeah, it. Okay. Callie got it. But yeah, as soon as I knew like natural immunity was a thing, it was because I was closer to her than anyone. Oh yeah, and you were and, kissing her too, so that just yeah, and I was <laughs> I was out here chilling. Like, yeah, I, I felt fine. And I was like, okay, that's how I know natural immunity is a thing because yeah, I'm out here vibing, having no. a great time. But we got a we got a pretty full pot um, this episode. We're gonna talk some hockey news. That's right, people. I'm learning hockey yeah. now too. Yeah, Hayden's doing that hockey. You know, like Chance the Rapper, we're going to talk that hockey. (laughs) (laughs) For a lot of you who don't know, uh, I actually never have been to a Canucks game before until this year. First Canucks game ever, went to go see the Canucks lose to uh, the Avalanche. It was a really, really intense game. Canucks were up 2-1, lost 3-2. But you know what? I do it all again. Shit was fun. No, Canucks it's just games, expensive as shit. Yeah, Canucks games are a vibe, <laughs> but you better bring a full wallet because yeah. that shit's gonna be empty. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and make sure you pay off your visa bill prior to it because that thing's gonna max out. It's like you... going on vacation. Yeah. Speaking of the Canucks, we're watching them. We're recording Monday night. Watching them play Chicago Blackhawks right now. They're up two nothing. Last ten and a half minutes of the game. Yeah. So excuse us if uh we uh cut out for a few minutes here, but <laughs> No, so speaking of the Canucks, we'll kind of jump right into it, but they um, they hired Patrick Alvin. He was the former assistant general manager in Pittsburgh and worked with Jim Rutherford. He was kind of Jim Rutherford's guy. So Right-hand man. So it kind of makes sense that they he went that direction, and there's a lot of um, rumors about them hiring the scouting director in Tampa and, I mean, I think that would have been a good direction to go to because of the success Tampa's had. But if you look at Pittsburgh, they've been a, one of the more stable organizations in the NHL for a long period of time. I mean, Definitely. Ever since Crosby came into the mix, they've had consistent success. Yep. And without the greatest prospects coming up. So, I think... Being in a stable organization with Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin, they've worked together before. Rutherford said he wanted to go, he wanted to hire a first-time GM that he can mentor and grow. Mm-hmm. So this hire makes sense, and they don't have to spark a new relationship. They already yeah. know each other. They already have the chemistry. They know how to feed off of each other, and I think it, it it'll just make Rutherford's job a lot easier because he's kind of here to patch things up yep you know guy build this team out or dig themselves out of this hole that jim benning put them in mm-hmm. and i think this hire makes a lot of sense and i'm kind of excited to see what he has planned 
for this team. But yeah. You read up on this topic, and I want to hear your kind of thoughts about someone who's just kind of getting into the sport, and I totally respect what you're doing because you said you want to grow your knowledge beyond football, and I, that was kind of me with hockey. I'm especially like basketball too. Yep. Like NBA. I'm trying to like put yourself I, out there, yeah, watch more like, games. Oh, like definitely. Joining fantasy basketball every year that helps. That's oh yeah. That's how you more that's into like football. with football. Yeah. Fantasy football is playing that. You get to know more players. You watch more games. You follow along yeah. a lot more than usual. Yeah. yeah you, no, that's so. What are your um kind of thoughts about this hire? Now that you're just kind of reading up. I'm gonna kind of just piggyback stuff. off you with everything yeah. that you said. You know, he yeah, first time. Uh, to GMing, obviously he was the assistant GM, like you said. Yeah. Uh, something pretty cool I found out actually about him. Uh, he's the second European GM and the first Swedish yeah. GM. So maybe he has a lot of connections with Sweden. You know, could yep. be a really really good evaluator. Uh, as they wrote on him, and you know they could potentially look elsewhere more than just the draft because. You know, it's like fantasy football. You don't win at the draft. You know, you win on waiver wires and and the later rounds of the fantasy. Exactly. Draft too. You're never yeah. winning in the first like you four never, rounds. No, the even the first ten rounds, yeah. they're kind of just like a write off for fill your position. So, yeah. yeah, no, with Patrick Alvin here, I see, you know, him extending ties out to Sweden, and I think that's really really good for the Canucks in general because, you know, who were from Sweden. Well, right. Cause I know that's I know that's like kind of a stretch, but the the whole point I think with this is uh, I like I like the move with him and uh, Rutherford because, like you said, they knew each other. Yeah. So I think because he was the scouting director in Montreal, and he s- strictly specified. Or his role was designated in Finland and Sweden, scouting over there, bringing in players from there. And like you said, they don't necessarily need to scout for the draft. It's what goes on after the draft in terms mm-hmm. of un- like unsigned free agents. So he kind of has knowledge over there. And Vancouver is a very diverse community, team, yes. city. And Sweden loves... Vancouver, you know the Sedins. We got yep. Hoglander, Edler, OEL really wanted to come here. Mm-hmm. So, and especially with the Sedins in the front office too, I think it'll just help Alvin fit in a bit more, and just the negotiating process and just like kind of fighting hidden gems over in Europe. Over in Europe, yeah. And like, I don't necessarily agree with it. Well, I do agree, but. The NHL is going more to skill and speed, which Europe, like, is perfect at. Like, there are not many enforcers, grinders. Yeah. They're all more, like, speed, skill, finesse. And yeah. And that's kind of the new age NHL nowadays. Yeah. Even though I kind of still like the rough-and-tumble hockey, I still love fights, grinders. I still value them high. I still think they have a place in this league. They're definitely but, just not as apparent. Yeah, exactly. They're kind of getting faded out. So having ties to Europe and deep knowledge about that, I think can really help. So seeing, um, like you mentioned, first Swedish GM, Jim Rutherford's really sticking to his diverse and just like new. Uh, it's a new age. Yeah, new age front office. He really wants to mentor people. And like the Emily hire that 
I talked about with last Brett week. last week. I just think he's really sticking to his guns, sticking to his morals, and I just think I'm just excited for what's to come for this team as like they begin their new chapter with the new front office and an actual president of hockey operations like Rutherford who has deeper knowledge on what it takes to lead a team. So I'm just excited, and I think that Patrick Alvinheyer, I think um, hopefully it pays off well. So I'm excited. But to kind of carry into the Canucks, teams have been calling about – teams have been calling about Miller. Oh. The JT who? Miller trade rumors have been prominent the past few weeks. Yeah. Now, you know JT Miller. You've watched him play like – Obviously, you haven't been to Canucks games, but you still know of some of the bigger players on the team. Oh, yeah. You obviously no, hear them definitely. in headlines and all that. You see highlights of them, whatever. Canucks are kind of mid of the pack. Start off slow, kind of creeping up to a playoff spot, but they're still like they're digging themselves out of a deep hole. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. How do you value JT Miller for the rest of the seasons for the Canucks? Like, Do you think they should kind of not necessarily blow it up, but kind of try and gain assets or should they push for the playoffs see that's a that's a hard question as the canucks just get scored on right there yeah great timing Rebuild, uh, blow it up <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah my opinions just changed yeah. <laughs> immediately yeah. no but on a real note it's uh i follow the canucks on twitter and i always always see like stuff about jt miller yeah it's crazy just how much you see, you know. You know the Bo Horvat, you know the Elias Pettersson because of the amazing pedigree that uh, Pettersson has had, and then even Brock Besser. Yeah. You know, you hear all about those guys, but JT Miller, JT Miller was someone that I never really heard of until this year, and he has made a huge market for himself about yeah. teams that are looking for a deep playoff run, mm-hmm. and it's hard to say because you know you want your team to make playoffs you want them to get there get to the show and anything can happen yeah you know and i don't think i'm a big enough fan of hockey right now to really say anything and i never really like just settling for assets so i say fuck it go for gold yeah honestly like it's not just by random chance that the canucks went on what like a 10 game heater what yeah. was it when Boudreaux got hired? Or... Oh, yeah. They won like eight games in a row, nine of ten. Yeah. Like, that was crazy. Yeah. That was insane. You they... know, like, you'd think they'd be on a losing streak for that long. Yeah. More or less a winning streak. So, the pieces are all there. You know, he, Boudreaux has the coaching ability to just say, like, full fire ahead, mm-hmm. you know? And like you said last week, he had a thousand career coach games. He's coached some of the greats of this time, and why not? You know, Miller's good, and if you don't do anything this season and you really feel like, okay, maybe we should blow it up, he's still probably going to have a market. Yeah. So he won't be just kind of like an OBJ in that sort of terms, you know, for like just adding on to the season and then testing out free agency. Yeah. It's going to be sort of that deal in my opinion, that's how I kind of see it. Because you make a you make good points that just like go for it. Because Boudreaux has brought a new energy to this team, and it's it's pretty uh it's pretty black and white. Like it's pretty obvious. A lot of like we're the talk of the town around the league. Like 
for teams who are struggling like Montreal and other markets, they say, uh, and Edmonton, they're like, you're struggling. Look at Vancouver. They got a new coach. They got a new front office and they're like kind of back in the mix. So I totally understand that. And trading JT Miller, I don't necessarily think we have another bubble run in us. Mm -hmm. I can understand why, but I just don't think we have the deep scoring like big playoff teams do. Mm -hmm. And right now we had one of the best prospect pools, but as of the past few years, those prospects have emerged into the NHL. So we're now like a bottom 10, bottom eight prospect pool in the NHL. We don't really have anything. We have limited assets. We haven't had a first round pick in the past two years. And when you see a guy like JT Miller, he is peaking right now. Ever since he's come to Vancouver, he's been a point per game, just under, when he hasn't nearly clipped that in any of his tenures in Tampa and New York. So, in my opinion, I think you trade him before next year. Okay. I can understand if you maybe say we're in a playoff hunt at the deadline. Say we're like actually competitive with teams like Florida, Tampa, Pittsburgh, like Toronto, like the big teams that are in like Vegas, all that. Like, because those are the teams that if you want to win, you have to beat them. Yeah. Or at least like, because if you're competitive but still losing, like you need to be a threat to them. Yeah, no, right? definitely. So if we're at that stage, I understand keeping them because I don't want to just trade them away just to trade them away. It has to be for the right pieces, which I think is at least one first-round pick, a right-shot defenseman who's no older than 23. Like, he has to be a a prospect. Yep. And then maybe some other picks and prospects. Like, we need assets. It just depends who's going to be that. So, Who's going to stoop. Not necessarily that low, but who's going to stoop to that level yeah. to really say to themselves, are we making a playoff run? Yeah. Should we do this this year? And the way, like you said, he's Miller's peaking. And the way you do it right now, I think he's totally worth that asking price. Yeah, I do too. And we got him for a first-round pick and another, another round pick and, like, uh, another, like, farm player so he's definitely like two and a half like times his value since he's gotten here oh yeah and i really think that you kind of need to jump on that for a team who i don't really think is going to be competing this year so i think we should trade him in my opinion but only for the right package yeah if the package isn't right and i honestly think rutherford knows that I don't think he's in a rush to trade him. He said, if you're going to want him, first of all, he's like barely taking calls now. He's like, if you want him now, you have to give up. You have to send me like something. I'm waiting closer to the deadline if I am going to move him. Because mm-hmm. they're right now, they're unsure if they're even going to trade him. Yeah. Right? They're, they haven't made up their mind yet. But another player that's kind of whose name's been crept in is Connor Garland. Mm-hmm. He's 25, just signed a very team-friendly deal, a below-market deal for him. For him, he was easily worth around six mil, and he signed for below five, mm-hmm. which is 
unbelievable. He's in his first year, I think, of the four years that he did sign for. He's 25 years old. I don't know why we would trade him because he kind of fits the window of young when we're fighting. Like yeah. when we will be fighting for a cup, he kind of fits the age range of what we need. Definitely. And we need a top six forward who can score. We can't trade him all away because then, then we'll you'll be have hope- just young people. Yeah, we'll be hoping to draft a player like Connor Garland. Yeah. So I, I don't understand why we would even like bait teams maybe if it's like hey we'll give you two firsts for him Mm -hmm. which he's not nearly worth that and maybe like a first and something else or multiple seconds and a prospect something like that but i just don't think it's worth to trade him yeah right now it's it's kind of hard to say if he is worth that much but i i like keeping garland just Mm -hmm. for that reason you know like he'll have that not so much veteran presence but he'll have that presence in that familiarity of the team yeah when it comes time you know two three or four or however many years down the road you know you can extend them mm-hmm. and if he's gonna keep being friendly and give you team friendly deals then you know he might become the face well not even become the face of the franchise obviously because you got so many other pieces but like he'll become a big part yeah of the franchise and it's winning culture yeah so i like keeping garland Miller, obviously, because he's older and he's peaking right now. Yeah, he's way more valuable. But, like, if teams call for Garland, it's probably going to be, like, the bottom-tier teams that are like, holy shit, you got him for a steal. You know, let's try and work something out, you know, Mm -hmm. prospect-wise or uh, first-round pick or even another younger guy. So. Yeah, that one that one just kind of doesn't make sense. It's like in fantasy football, if I'm correlating everything to this, it's like trading a receiver for a receiver. Yeah. Like same production wise. It's like it does it really matter? Yeah. Yeah, probably not. Um, do you mind turn your uh, do uh, D&D off, D&D on or something like that? Yes, sir. If you don't mind. Just so. The wires, you yeah. heard them? Yeah. Yeah. Shout out. Um, yeah, so keep Garland um Probably, we're probably going to be trading Miller. Probably, like, I think it's, uh, the writing's almost on the wall. But anyways, uh, we're going to talk about one thing that came up. MGK is going to be performing at the All-Star Game. He's going to be the All-Star Game Entertainment. MGK, the Eminem's son. (laughs) (laughs) The man who uh, switched genres after their uh, battle. But what are your thoughts on MGK and performing at the All-Star Game? Congrats for him. Yeah. I you know what? Like if switching to a different genre and changing up your music style all because you got fucking destroyed and even in a song actually there there's a new song that Dr. Dre and Eminem came out with specifically for Grand Theft Auto. There's one little there's one little diss about uh about MGK in there. Yeah. And you go through the whole verse and it's like, oh, Eminem, yeah, lyrical genius. And it's like that one little piece where he talks about MGK. It's like, oh, wow, you're still throwing shots at this guy. So, you know what? For as much shit and as much hate as MGK can get from an Eminem stand like me, so to say, mm-hmm. I still fuck with a lot of his music. I, I think MGK is uh, 
it's obviously proven, so this isn't like a hot take, but he's very versatile, which is what I really respect about him. Oh, yeah. He can do like anything you need to, and the whole vibe he's given off, like even like his hairdo, like the way he does his hair now, and just like, I mean, he got Megan Fox, first of all. Yeah, no, like. <laughs> That's a W on its own, but just the fact that he's created a new demographic of fans. And, like, he's still, he's turned a negative into a positive, which is what I really Essentially, respect. Essentially, yeah. Which is what I respect about MGK. Like, he kind of put himself, he brought a knife to a gunfight, battling Eminem. <laughs> but then literally he, in a song, yeah. literally in, yeah. But then he was like, you know what, I've kind of found a new love for this, and obviously this mm-hmm. isn't really going the way yep. I wanted it to, but... He he still found a way to do it, and I, I think he's gonna kill it, in my opinion. Some of the some of the things that he writes about, like his rapping, mm-hmm. it it was good, but it's not it's not to a lyrical genius expertise where you can create double entendres or double meanings. Uh, congrats to the Canucks. Yeah, Canucks three one. Who just scored? Uh, Luke Shen. Oh, did the anyone snipe- bet the over on Luke Shen goals? <laughs> the sniper himself. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, like... <sighs> Speaking of All-Star game, get in the All-Star game, boys. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, well, that was a pretty fucking nice shot. Yeah, that was nice, right in the heart. Fucking arts. But, yeah, no, so... <sighs> a lot of MGK's music that I like aren't necessarily anyone where he raps because... He can't really make that double word meaning, you know. I'm yeah. I like someone who can rap, who can tell a story, yeah. not just about bitches and hoes, okay? Yeah. Like, and with MGK sort of punk rock style that he does now, or even uh, on his one earlier album, I forget what it's called, but uh, he it's like a like a rose and. I, like, yeah, uh, like I know the song at my best, and um, all the other one that he had with Camila Cabello on there. Yeah, like, I'm gonna bring up some of his songs on Apple. He, he writes touching stuff, mm-hmm. and he's it, like he's doing. He's just rock with it. For an All Star game though, I don't know what he's going to necessarily sing. You know, because doing something that big you want to pump up the crowd you know you want to cheer them on you don't want to make them like get in their feelings yeah you know so i'm i'm curious to see what songs he will perform yeah do you think he'll bring back some of his if he does if he does it's totally just gonna remind me of like that jaw rule one where he was uh at the all-star game or not even the all-star game at a boston celtics halftime show and he's like let me hear you, Boston, and no one, no one says anything. All right. <laughs> so, it, it just depends. Like, yeah, he he has to really be precise on what he can play because, you know, he does have a fan base, but is that fan base really hockey like related? <laughs> like the thing about that is, I think a lot of his music because it's a kids thing. The all-star game it yeah. isn't necessarily hockey it's more 
it's pure a, entertainment. Yeah, it's pure entertainment, and it's yeah. for like for the kids. They do fun stuff. They don't try necessarily. They try and put on a show. Yeah, and it's a very like kids event. How is MGK <laughs> gonna <laughs> orient to them? And, yeah, but I still think he'll find a way. I think he'll make it fun, and I just think he's, he can bring a lot of energy, which is what they're what they're looking for. And I think when they hear MGK, it'll be like all right, I'm kind of intrigued on how he's going to do it. What's he going to bring? Because we know he's punk rock. We know he's, he has a history in rap and, like, the Eminem and stuff. And it's going to be like, how is he going to do in, on a stage like this? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't mind the – I like him as entertainment, and I'm, I'm interested to see how he does. If he plays rap devil, it's going to flop. I'll tell you that right now. Like, I'm sorry. I've I've said this so many times. People are like, "Oh, you know, Eminem didn't win that, didn't win that battle because he took so long." Well, it's like, MGK literally made a chorus for a diss track. Okay, go on and see like any straight up diss track yeah. that you know Eminem's made, and it's more than just a song. Well, a, you know, and like. Well, Eminem came out. You, you've probably heard the interview. It's Oh, um, yeah. He said, he's like, the reason why I didn't clap back so fast is because I didn't want to blow him up. I yeah. didn't want to get him. He didn't want to give him all, all the attention. Yeah, he didn't yeah. Wanna, I didn't want to give him the attention that he thinks he deserves. So I, I was like, I'm not going to. There was also a thing I actually just saw today on when he released Killshot. There were so many double meanings to everything that he uh like wrote yeah and put out on that song time i'll send you the list and uh like just it's crazy when he dropped it how precise he was mm-hmm. with everything it, yeah. it's truly crazy actually yeah. this guy but no mgk i'm uh i'm intrigued i'm intrigued the all-star game they're bringing back the styrofoam targets and the target shooting they're not doing the stupid technology laser Nice. Thing. I was like, yo, this is so corny. <laughs> this, you know, like the styrofoam targets yep. I'm thinking of where yep. it blows up. It blows what, up. That's what people like to see. They love to see the targets that blow up. They don't like yeah. the board with the computerized screen. And no. It's just like, what are we doing here? Yeah, come but on. Everyone loves the styrofoam targets, so those are coming back. Um, it's funny, Trevor Zegers, he, first of all, he did the Michigan. I don't know if you've seen that, but Unreal Goal. It's almost like the you know the through the legs goal where you're going down on a breakaway and you put it through your legs okay yeah, top yeah. Shelf. you know how like that's been done so much it's so almost, much now it's, it's almost, almost like, normal it's almost like whatever that's turned into the michigan because it's it's been done like three four times now in the past couple of years so it's like is that like the new through the legs the new america league is it just going to be another like okay whatever but yeah, they're bringing on like special guests for the shootout breakaway challenge, and Zeger, oh, that's so cool. Zegers is one of them. Even like he wasn't voted into the All Star game, mm-hmm. so they're bringing him on as like a special guest for the breakaway challenge. That's pretty cool. So that's kind of cool, but no, I'm excited in Vegas, and yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be interesting. And <laughs> they're doing like this like um thing at the Bellagio mm-hmm. or whatever. And I saw some comments, and this will segue. This is why I'm bringing it up. It'll segue into our next one. People are like, Vander Kane would be drooling at this right now <laughs> <laughs> because of Vander Kane, who's had yeah, trouble with gambling, gambling, yeah, in Vegas, filed bankruptcy and everything. But 
uh, I got a pretty good chuckle out of that. But speaking of Evander Kane, like I said, he officially signs with the Oilers. It happened a few days ago. It ha- actually happened, I think, on Thursday or Friday. And it was, of course, after like right after I dropped an episode. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, of course it happens. But, yeah, Evander Kane officially signs with the Oilers. Um, he The base salary is 750 k but with incentives and everything it goes up to two million so it's about a two million dollar cap hit i think this is a great signing for edmonton because it's just for the rest of the season you don't have to commit long term to long term to him you can see how he is in the locker room you can see how he is and this is almost like another tryout for vander kane and edmonton needs scoring they have they've been they started off as the hottest team in the league, and then now they're not even in a playoff spot, which is absurd. And so they need all the help they can get. He scored. In his, he scores in his debut, which I kind of had a feeling because that's usually how that's it goes. That's usually how it goes. Yep. That's usually how it goes. Like OBJ, didn't he get a touchdown in his debut with the Rams or something? Yep. Like, like, yep. <laughs> like everything, everything happens. Like I think that's like four OBJ references before we've even gotten to football. It's, <laughs> that's crazy. But usually, whenever there's a signing or someone returns to their old team that kind of thing you can almost like put down as much money as you can on them to score yeah it's almost guaranteed that someone is going to uh someone's going to score when that just gets brought up it's like a a quarterback who's starting his first game and uh I like it how we talked about it at the start too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, it's I like, thought she was gonna be coming in from this way, not that. Yeah, way. It really tripped me out. I was like, "Who the hell is on the bottom?" <laughs> yeah, no, but it's like, it's like a quarterback starting his first game. Like when, uh, you know, any quarterback starts their first game, not named Kendall Hinton, Kendall Hinton, and it's like, oh, we don't have any tape on this guy, and then they win. Mike White like, throws four hundred yards against the Bengals. <laughs> like he just. Yeah, shit like that just doesn't make sense at yeah. a certain... You're on camera, by the way. <laughs> no, but... Yeah, yeah it, Vander Kane, I think... It happens. I think that was a signing that Edmonton needed, and right from the get-go when his name was like, he wants to get back and signed, Edmonton was like one of the first teams that got brought up in the equation, and it made sense. They need scoring is obviously for a bargain i think 750k base salary and then like two million on incentives like he's probably going to make at least a million and a half i think and for a team that needs to go all in because they can't waste any more prime years of mcdavid they need to go deep into the playoffs they still have a ton of holes in their roster but i think evander kane is a good start to fit in their top six so i think it was a I think I, it was a signing that needed to happen for Edmonton. I, I get the whole, you know, second chance narrative and stuff like that. But in my opinion, this is this is crazy. You know, like, if he messes up again, if he screws up again, like, he's done. Yeah. And I know he probably, it's hard to shave points in hockey, you know, because it's such a team sport. And specifically. Speaking of the Vanican, there he is right there. Yeah, there he is right there. We switched over to the Edmonton and Ottawa game right yeah. now. So. Canucks won 3-1, so they're in overtime right now. Yeah, exactly. But, like, Ottawa. It, it's 
it's just a risk that Edmonton has. It, it almost feels like uh, if this doesn't work out, does Edmonton get such a bad rep? You know, where it's like, we signed a guy who has major issues with his yeah. life. Like, gambling addiction is almost like drug abuse and mm-hmm. alcohol abuse, you know? Like, they're real addictions. They can yeah. mess up your life in different ways. So, you know, Evander Kane has to be like he was before. The thing with gambling, though, at least it doesn't... It's not like PEDs. It's like, is he going to risk of... Like Josh Gordon, the risk with him is always like, as much as you hate it, like weed is deemed like illegal or banned substance in the NFL. Thankfully not anymore. Yeah, thankfully not anymore. But that was the risk with him. It's like, is he going to, you know, give in again? And are we going to have to release him? Because... Mm -hmm. He's a cheap sign. We're not going to wait for him to get back, be reinstated, that kind of thing. At least gambling, it's like it's not like you have to worry about the performance aspect of it. It's just like, okay, you're just an idiot and blew your own money. Like, I know it's the addiction is the same, mm-hmm. but it's more of the fact that at least it's not going to affect his on-ice performance. I mean, saying it, probably not, but it's like, does he lose sleep over this? Yeah. You know, does he stop training as hard does he go to the casino more than he usually does it's that's a good point the, there's many variables you know we don't know oh, Evander kane wins. personally yeah ottawa just won that's cool so this signing was awful <laughs> but like yeah it, it's just a risk no that's a good point that you bring up like is he gonna be is he gonna miss curfew because he's at the casino exactly that kind of thing i i get especially if say they're playing the in Golden vegas Knights. Say yeah they're playing the golden knights is he gonna be Pulling out and blowing up an air mattress in the Bellagio, playing the slots. Never know. Yeah, no, that's a that's a really good point that you bring up. But moving on, uh, Carey Price, he uh, spoke to the media for the first time in a very long time. He um, at the end of the season, at the end of the cup run last year, near the start of the season, he uh, instated himself into the player assistance program. I don't believe I may have missed it, but I don't believe he said as to why. Um, he was in there, but that's his privacy, but he also is recovering from knee surgery, but he did, um, release that he is doing well. He does in fact want to play this year, but he believes that his knee surgery and his knee rehab is going to hold him back from doing that, which is so unfortunate to see because it's almost like the league isn't the same without Drew Brees or Tom Brady. It's like, I feel like the league's not the, the same. Without not the Price. same without Carey Price. He's one of the best goalies in the world still. Yeah, you see how he stood on his head in the playoffs because Montreal should not. They were the twenty fourth team coming into playoffs and they went to the Cup final. Like Carey Price stood the on Cincinnati his head. Cincinnati Bengals of uh, exactly <laughs> the NHL. So it's unfortunate to see, but I'm just happy that he's doing well. He said that he has, he, like, not one thought has gone through his head that he wants to leave Montreal and go to a contender. He he said. There's a reason I signed the contract that I did is because I want to stay in Montreal. But what are your thoughts on just the update that Carey Price gave to the media and just to kind of takes the weight off some of the fans' shoulders, especially in Montreal? Well, with how bad it seems like Montreal's been this year. Oh, it's, they've been terrible. It's, 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 it's been not a, their year. It's a bonfire. It, it's, <laughs> it's absolutely... It's dumpster fire, I should say. Yeah, no, it's awful. So Price... He should generally, I think, take as much time. Like, 
I hate how many football references I can make, but this reminds me of Michael Thomas right now. Yeah, no. Yeah, like it's like, like when he tweeted and he was Yeah, like, well not even not even like tweeted. It's like everyone was expecting you back, but then setbacks. Setbacks yeah. happen, mm-hmm. you know, and especially knee surgery as a goalie going down, you know, you're usually in butterfly position. Yeah. Know? So who knows how bad that's going to be on his knees. I think he should take this year off, get fully healthy, because a, a healthy Carey Price and like just like a healthy Michael Thomas, one year of not playing, I mean, you can look and see some tapes about people recovering from injuries. It, Especially with modern day science and technology with doctors and stuff like that, it helps out. Yep. A restructured knee these days isn't a, re- a career-ender anymore. It's, no, it, it isn't. Some people come back stronger because of the rehab process. Yeah. They, they focus just on that and need to get it stronger. Exactly. And sometimes it's stronger than before. And if Carey Price is really dedicated, as he says he is, he will do what's best for the team. Mm-hmm. And something that's really hard to get past as a fan is realizing that injuries happen. Yeah. And whatever the expected process is, like looking back on it now, I wish Michael Thomas did not play that playoff run and just sat out the whole year so he could have come back the next year. Mm-hmm. Because if Price comes back this year and he injures it again, he's out for this year and potentially next year. Yeah. So it's awesome to hear that he's doing better, but he should rest. Yeah, I agree. Moving on, uh, Lundquist officially gets his number retired in New York. One of the greats. Signed in Washington for a year. But unfortunately, under, with a heart condition, he couldn't play, and he's basically retired, if not already. I can't remember the report, but good to see his number retired in New York. Oh, yeah. One of the greats of this generation. Yeah, King Lundquist. Of course, the king. But moving on, because we still have a lot of NFL to talk about, and we're about 40 minutes in. So, uh, the big one. Tom Brady retires, then uh, unretires. <laughs> Dude, Yo, I've never the, thought someone could play with my emo- uh, emotions more than Adam Schefter, man. Yeah, you would think that Mr. Old Reliable Shefty yeah. would be 100% on this, but he reports or like he reports that someone in Tom Brady's inner circle says that he's retiring. He's planning to retire. And then Rappaport does it, reports it. It's just so weird to say Rappaport reports. It just doesn't. Yeah, I know it doesn't flow off the tongue yeah, well. No. Rappaport also reports that the same thing Schefter does. So then, uh, the sports world goes crazy. Because they're like the two most reliable sources said that he's most likely retiring. Mm-hmm. So then, ESPN tweets about it. NFL po- makes makes six yeah. makes six posts makes in like, like ten minutes. Multiple posts in like ten minutes. They already yeah. have career highlights out, and I'm like, I guess he's retired. And then yeah. So all these reports come out that he's retired. Everyone's emotions are going crazy. What was your favorite memory about Tom Brady? All that. I'm telling. I'm talking to my dad and my neighbor Jeff across the street. Like, man, Tom Brady is crazy. Like the fact that he went out as an MVP candidate at the age of 44, throwing over 5,000 yards is unbelievable. But he's the type of player that doesn't want to be pushed out. He wants to go out on his own terms and like out on top. So it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then he comes out. A report comes out that says Tom Brady told, tells GM, I forget his name, that he is unsure about his decision on retiring. So then now everyone's like, did he retire? <laughs> <laughs> what, what was just going through your head? 
holy fuck, the NFC South is wide open. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I've, I've succumbed to saying Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. Yeah. I've come to terms with that. Sean Payton retiring. Uh, oh, my God, the Bucks are just going to feast on this division, except if Dennis Allen was the coach. But, like, this is just absurd yeah everyone was typing to their friends texting their friends oh my god tom brady's retired it's finally happened christmas in a month and yeah. two months you know like yeah. <laughs> back to back and then it just comes out that he talked to the gm personally and then it's like okay shefty um what are you doing, bud? Yeah, and honestly, I knew something was up with this when it was just Schefter and the other guy. It wasn't Schefter and Rappaport because I was, like, just refreshing. And Rappaport didn't retweet it or didn't say anything about it until two minutes after, which kind of makes me think that he also didn't know. And I feel like if Tom Brady's inner circle really knew... It would be more than just ESPN. Mm -hmm. You know, it would be NFL Network, ESPN, NBC, uh, Fox, everywhere. But now it's just like, I th <laughs> I think he's coming back. How does he not come so, back? This is what I'm thinking, is that I heard this thing that if he's still on the roster till February 4th, he gets $15 million from the Bucks. Mm -hmm. Do you think, and Tom Brady, I feel, as he should, he wants to announce his retirement. He doesn't want an inner circle to leak that he's retiring. Yeah. So I think that he either waits until, like, February 5th or 6th. Does or, he play the Pro or, Bowl? Or, no, I don't think so. No? No, or maybe after um, the Super Bowl to announce it. I think, because I don't think he's going to pull a Rodgers kind of thing. Like okay. he did. Yeah, like fair at enough. The like at the draft. Yes. He pulled that, pulled that card and kind of everyone was like, he took the attention away from all the prospects getting drafted and made it about him, that kind of thing. I don't think Brady's going to do that. I think he's going to wait till after the Super Bowl to make a decision on retiring. But I think he waits. Yeah, I think he waits till after. Or he plays just despite the reports that he – I think that, that is retiring. That is a very realistic. Uh, He's like, "Fuck you for leaking that I'm retiring. I'm just gonna play." Yeah, now. yeah. No, that is a very realistic uh, happening with Brady, because he clearly wants to be the one that reports it. You know, the same way Ben, Big Ben, did. The same yeah. way Drew Brees did. They both came to the media and said, "This is looking like my last year," and Tom Brady. He only went on a podcast and said, like, I got to do what's best for my family. Yeah. Yeah, okay, he's never talked about family before. But you wait until that motherfucker says he's retiring. Yeah. Because I, I shouldn't have I shouldn't have believed it. I shouldn't have. You always got to believe the person right... He's the source. Yeah. He's the source. I don't care if it's an inner circle. He is the source. And if he doesn't say he's retiring, don't believe it. Yeah. Until he says something... Just write it off. Tom Brady's still playing next year. Yeah, I I think I've come to the fact of. 
I'm not going to fully deny or accept anything yet. I'm just going to be like, all right, there's he's not guaranteed to retire, so I'm just going to leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Um, NFL coaching carousel. There's been some hires. Um, speaking of former Patriot Brady, I'm going to talk about a former Patriot, Josh McDaniels. He gets hired by the Las Vegas Raiders as well as uh, someone else from the Patriots, too. They hired. I don't have my phone because <laughs> we're recording. But, no, what's your thoughts on Josh McDaniels getting hired by the Raiders? I'm surprised McDaniels, like, didn't go anywhere for the past however many years. I think for McDaniels, it's a great uh it's a great signing for him. I always thought he should get a job opportunity, but I feel like people passed up on him the same way people passed up on Eric Bieniemy. So it's kind of weird that I don't, or that he hasn't had a job offer before and taken it. I think it's just going to be what's next for this Patriots offense. Like mm-hmm. I know we talk about Mac Jones being held back by McDaniels, but now what does this mean? Who do, who do the Patriots, you know, either move up or look for uh, in the offseason? But, yeah, no, congrats to McDaniels. Yeah, so they hired Director of Player Personnel Dave Ziegler. Okay. Uh, as the GM for Vegas. So I think the connection... Wow, they really just went all yeah, Patriots they, there. Yeah, they took New England and... I mean, why wouldn't they? Vegas has had troubles this year with... But mind you, they've handled it right Mm -hmm. but i mean new england has this like no bullshit happens in this organization or else you're gone yep and dave ziegler has hired his gm uh former patriots director of personnel josh mcdaniels also comes i have a feeling that's a big reason as to why either one of them or they're like they went together they went together hey let's go kind of start our own chapter Mm mm-hmm which makes sense. I get it. And because Belichick is stubborn as hell and doesn't seem like he's leaving anytime soon. And I mm-hmm. feel like McDaniels was kind of waiting for the Patriots door to open as head coach, but doesn't feel like it's coming anytime soon. So he's like, let me start my own thing. And I think this is different than the Colts because the Colts and Patriots have a little bit of a rivalry. So when Josh McDaniels kind of dipped out of the Colts position, I feel yep. like he went into that. Like, I'm just going to fuck them over yeah but i think this vegas is uh, a little different and as a patriots offense i'm just excited for us to come i think it's um it's gonna be a new he, offense like i said his offense was v- really vanilla but he won games so i respect that but i'm just excited i want to let mac jones loose i want to let him sling the ball downfield kind of bring in a new new age offense i'm just excited for that but also um giants higher Brian Dable, former offensive coordinator of the Bills. What are your thoughts? This is a good one. Yeah. yeah. I like no, this, this one, too. This one, when it came out, um, so far, I think, for the organization and for who they are, and looking for like a big reset, I think this is the best head coach signing so far of this uh, offseason. I agree. Uh, obviously, everyone who watches football watched that Bills-Chiefs game. Um, Josh Allen's personal growth is owed a lot to him so 
if anyone can try and fix Danny Dimes, Danny Nichols, I Danny feel like Nichols. this is the year to do it. And if if it doesn't happen, then it's a freebie year, and then they can just look for the draft next year. Yeah. Cause so like what I was saying before we started recording, Daniel Jones is a is like a Valley Village Josh Allen, not even Walmart Josh Allen, but he's mobile and has a decent arm. It's not yep. necessarily accurate, but he can throw it deep. Mm-hmm. So if you kind of kind of scheme it up well, like, and try to win some games with Daniel Jones using his legs a bit more, kind of like what Josh Allen does. Yeah, more it's design like, run plays. Yeah, like it's weird seeing Josh Allen below 60 rushing yards, right? Have Daniel Jones the same. Don't turn him into a pocket passer. Try and turn him into an improviser almost. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a good sign for the Giants. I think with this move, though, I think Saquon is traded for assets. Yeah? Yeah. Or not even traded, but I think he leaves in free agency. Fair. Because you see that Buffalo run game. It's Josh Allen. It's the quarterback. And if that's going to or if that's gonna be what needs to happen, Danny Dimes, Danny Nichols is going to put on a couple pounds, and he's going to be the run game because he's a great runner. Yeah. Other than tripping over himself, but at the ten yard line. <laughs> other than that, like, yeah, no, I. Uh, this could kind of, I think, depending on how they draft, could be a sneaky, sneaky year for the Giants. Yeah, I agree. Matt Eber Eberfluss to the Bears. <laughs> I don't know much this, about the. I don't know much about this guy. So this one, this one's a head scratcher. I mean, of all the, head scratchers, it's the, it's the Bears. What do you expect? Like, how do you bring in Brian Flores for a second interview, which usually means finalist, and maybe it's like Flores didn't want to work with Fields? Okay, I get that. But, I don't know, there's a lot of different head coaches uh, that could have been hired at this position. This one just kind of is a head-scratcher for me. I, I Anything right now looks better than Nagy, but honestly... Nagy did win coach of the year. 2018. So, clearly this team was just carried by Mitch Trubisky, and we're just overthinking this. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know about this one. All right. This well, one's kind of a head-scratcher, in my opinion. We'll see. And um, former offensive coordinator of the Packers, Nathaniel Hackett, to the Broncos. This just furthers Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams uh, potentially heading to the AFC West. So Man, that division, that is division going is going to be fucking insane. Ve- Vegas is screwed with McDaniel's <laughs> vanilla offense and going yeah. against these powerhouses because the consensus was, and I totally agree with it. Denver is a good quarterback away from like being a serious contender because they got yep. the receiving core and they got the defense mm-hmm. and they got a better than thirty-two ranked special teams. I'm sure of that. So. Yeah, Brandon McManus. So, a lot better than Mason Crosby, in my opinion. Not even that, just giving up like out special teams like yardage. Average thirty yards per punt return. Like that's just shouldn't be happening. But no, I think um just get a new spark. Kind of an offensive mind to the team, I think can help boost mm-hmm. the offense a bit. I this sign or this potential signing, if Aaron Rodgers does come over, it's gonna really remind me of Peyton Manning. Yeah. Ending his final years as a cowboy. Yeah. Well, I, not like that, but like... 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. A literal cowboy. I know. Just, <laughs> yeah, 100%. No, yeah, Peyton was like one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. Um, Omaha! 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 <laughs> but, all right. Recap. Recap, recap, recap of this weekend. Chiefs went, or Bengals went, into Arrowhead as a seven and a half point underdog to the chiefs chiefs go up 21 to three um and then they're leading 21 to 10 going into half and i think this is where the turning point was right at the end of the half right at the end of the half they don't get any points nope that was a huge 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 momentum shift yeah oh yeah like they didn't even put three on the board. They mm-hmm. went for five seconds left, and Patrick Mahomes makes a bonehead move by throwing it behind the line. Tyreek gets swarmed. As good as he is, it's tough to go 1v4 against anyone mm-hmm. in an enclosed area. He can outrun anyone, but when you only got 15 yards to work with, you can't really do much. Mm-hmm. They collapse on him. Time goes out. They don't get any points on the board. And then Joe Burr. Joe, Joe Shiesty. Shiesty. Joey Franchise. Plays his Money ab- McPherson. Yeah, plays his absolute dick off, dude. What was your... Oh, my... Uh, give, me, give me your thoughts on God. the game and recap and just, like, overall thoughts on it. By the end of the first quarter, I thought it was going to be a slaughter. I thought, yeah. I Patrick like, Mahomes, six touchdowns. He was dicing them counted, Oh, he was shredding them. And this just shows the halftime adjustments that coaches can make are real. Yeah. Like, how are you going to allow, in those two games that they played the Chiefs, yeah, as we see highlights, of course, how are you going to, or how how do you, like, hold the Chiefs to six points in f- basically four quarters? Obviously, two halves, two different stories. It's so much more uh, of a difference maker when you can go in and make adjustments. But this just shows that, you know, the Bengals, I, I like Drew Brees said, it is the most complete team right now. Like, I don't feel as if the Bengals are fraudulent. They fixed up their O-line issues, went from nine sacks to one. I mean, I know Burrow like, broke away from the, three the, potential sacks. Their O-line, I, they've improved, but they're not good. They did, they did something. You know, they're they, working on... Uh, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it was absolutely terrible when he shredded his name. Yeah. But it's still not good. It still needs a bit more work, but they got everything else taken care of. They can designate mm-hmm. this offense to beefing that up. Kind of like what the Chiefs did in the Super Bowl when yep. Holmes was running for 500 yards behind the line of scrimmage. Yep. They can just, like, spend assets. Yeah, this and year spend money for offseason. Beef up your line and yep. help your franchise quarterback out. Because if he's doing what he's doing with a battle of the line, think about what he can do like when he's has presence in the pocket. Like, oh, you see yeah. what Herbert did when he had time after a bad old line. He was mm-hmm. he like he made it count. So I think especially Hurt, like Burrow, he's the absolute truth. His swagger's on another level. On his another con- level. His confidence is like of someone of Tom Brady who's been in the league for 22 years. If Burrow has time, he's going to make defenses pay. Especially oh, yeah. have, if he has his guy. So I think Bengals, they've improved their line. It still sucks, but they can spend this offseason. Because if they're like, we made it to the Super Bowl with this bad of an old line, 
Imagine what they can do with a good O line. Exactly. Yeah. So I've I'm I'm still not worried about it. Like I still think they're not dumb and they're like they know that they have to beef it up. So but I I know what you mean. That they they're not frauds anymore. No. No, they're not. And uh quick shout out to Saints alumni. Uh Von Bell, game winning interception. I know it was Jesse Bates, but Hey, you he gotta have had, presence. You still had to secure the catch. Still, and it wasn't like it was a it was an easy yeah, catch. It was, it was yeah. batted and, into his arms. And he, like you said, like he didn't have time to get under it. It's just like he had to make a reaction. Make a reaction, yeah. And, and Trey Hendrickson, I know. Like, yo, you one guys, of the, one of the sign, probably the sign, the signing of the year for free agency. Yeah, and this guy, I agree. This like, guy was a horse. Oh yeah, when he got when he got the one and a half sacks, and then he chased Mahomes on that one play where he ran like in the pocket and then scrambled for like three yards, and Hendrickson <laughs> was like out of breath. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, he yeah. was dying on the. Side. Oh, he was dying on the sidelines. Yeah. But he he sh- if it wasn't for him, Mahomes gets a first down. Yeah, you know. So that effort that he has, uh, Eli Apple can go fuck himself for everything like. I was cheering for Apple. I was like, damn, this guy has a resurgence. Yeah. You know, I, I even sent out like a like a thing in the uh, group chat. And I was like, damn, Eli Apple, resurgence. And then he just hops on Twitter that night and and says like shit about the Giants and the Saints, like fans and city. It's like, yeah. what are you doing? Man? What, what, are you, what are you doing? And then Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, you know, Yo, that's, both played for LSU. Yeah, so this is the first year of them. Yeah. Do you not, see that no. stat about Joe Burrow? He can become the first quarterback oh, to, to win, win a Heisman, Heisman a Natty, and the, Super, and the Bowl. Super Bowl, and it's only been three years. Yeah, you you said he's like he has more wins than Dak Prescott in two yeah, years. Yeah, in two more years. Yeah. Dak Prescott's been in the league for like six years. Yeah, no, it's crazy. It's crazy. He has more wins than the Cowboys do. Yes, since yes, yes, he does. Since like ninety-five or something. Yep. <laughs> A ninety six, because ninety five they did win that year. Troy Aikman made it very clear right. that uh, they did. So I apologize, but no, Joe Burrow, he's the absolute, he's the truth. And I'm gonna say one player that I'm glad to see put his name back on the map is Joe Mixon. Oh, 100%. he's been a player who's had high expectations, who hasn't performed every year, every single year. But now he finally showed he's like. He's a dog, and mm-hmm. he's he's like the next Randall Cobb to me. He's the oldest, youngest guy I've ever met. Yeah, right. It, it seems like he's been in the league for like ten years, but he's like what twenty five. Yeah, he's 26? like third or fourth year right now. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I feel like he's been in the league for seven years, like much yep. longer. But no, just uh, he's finally getting his going just in time as Joe Burrow. Like franchise QB oh. is here. Their franchise wide receiver number. One is here, and and another guy I want to shout out isn't the kicker McPherson because I tweeted about him. I was like, everyone's talking about Joe Burrow, but this McPherson guy is packing. Oh my god, dude, the but, nuts on that guy. Yeah. yeah, but Hubbard, dude. Oh, that, Sam Hubbard, that potential strip sack, dude. I yo, was standing he, up. <laughs> yo, he strips that may recover. That's game. That's game. Yeah, Sam Hubbard and, calls yeah, game because he wasn't even rushing. He was playing QB spy. Yeah, and and. <laughs> Joe Buck or it was one of Joe Buck or Aikman. No, when, no, no, no. It was uh, oh, Romo was or Nance. Wrong game, sorry. But uh, Romo and Nance, Mahomes was chilling in the pocket, 
right? And mm-hmm. Romo was like, oh, this isn't good. You're giving him too much time. Too much time. time. Too and much then, time. And then <laughs> out of the, literally... Out of the screen. Yeah, he wasn't even the screen. Yeah. All you see is Hubbard just charge at him. And Mahomes, Mahomes is like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, how... He scrambles, runs back like 20 yards. How are you going to put Hubbard, a oh, defensive end, crazy, as a spy? Yeah. And then the balls on Hubbard to fucking blitz. Yeah. Like... That's I, a risky play because it of, is. with how Mahomes was scrambling that game, it seems he like you couldn't scrambled. get him. Yeah. It seems like you couldn't get him. So that was like, it, if he made the decision to do that, it's almost like, I'm not letting you go. No. Yeah. You're mine. He knew. He You're knew. Mine. I'm like, I'm making it. I'm committing. I'm not letting you go. Yeah. And just, man, on third down, you can't take that kind of sack because that field goal got yep. 20 yards more difficult. Yep. And it's like it turned into a a, a twenty eight yarder to a forty four yarder. Yeah. It was like holy shit! Like Butker could miss. That's what know? I'm saying. Is like this isn't a chip shot field goal. Like mm-hmm. this is like they were in a position to be shorter than an extra point. But then now they were like a uh, legit like pe- fucking what kicker was short? Yeah, Matt Gay, <laughs> a forty seven yard field goal yeah, in your shorts. Short. He was short. It's like, so obviously Bucker is one of the best kickers in the game and he wouldn't miss a 47 yard field goal or 44 yard. He wouldn't be short. Uh, he wouldn't be short, <laughs> but those aren't easy. No, obviously. especially with a high pressure yeah. situation. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Bucker right in the heart puts it in. No yeah. doubt about it. But like, I, I bring this up again because people are talking about Burrow deservingly. So this guy is, his confidence is unbelievable, and that mm-hmm. really helps the team. But that defense holding Mahomes to 50 passing yards and three points yeah. in the second half. Yeah, until like that, eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter. That is nearly impossible. And in Arrowhead, Yeah, that's remarkable. Yeah. No, it is. That it is remarkable. Is. They didn't get their three points until the final kick of the fourth. Yep, to tie the game. To tie the game. Yeah. Like, that... Like, their defense was clamps. They were unbelievable. Oh, they were locked. And that's what really won them the game. Mm-hmm. Obviously, because they capitalized on the turnovers that... Um, that were caused. Or the turnover that Mahomes threw. Because he threw two picks, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but, but one of them, one of them obviously, at being at the end of the game. Like, in overtime? Yeah, in overtime. No, I'm talking about the one in Yeah, I know, the one, yeah. Like, they still had... They got the turnover... But they still had to capitalize on oh, it. Oh yeah. And if they don't capitalize on it, then it's like Yeah. It's, and then even it, it Joe is, Burrow threw that pick right along the sideline, yeah. you know? Almost like, like almost like right after. Yeah, so yeah. I guess they didn't but like the offense still had to do their both sides of the ball did their job. And I think that's a big important thing is like the defense was coming up big, but the offense wasn't doing anything. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that situation. They overcame eighteen points. Yep. And that's Mahomes is thirty seven. He was undefeated, thirty seven yeah, and thirty seven and zero. Now he's thirty seven one. And Joe Shiesty beats the man. Yeah, and he's one of two quarterbacks to beat Mahomes in the playoffs. Yep. Thomas Edward <laughs> in Brady. In pretty good company. Yeah, Thomas yeah. Edward Brady and the guy who's man, what his quote his rookie year? Did you hear that? He got hit late. He got up and he's like, "When I'm the goat, I'm gonna be getting those calls." Man, <laughs> that's his rookie year too. Yeah. And now he beats. He's going to the Super Bowl after. Gosh, his story is unbelievable. 
commits to born like three hours away from Cincinnati, commits to Ohio State, back up for three years, transfers to LSU, leads him to the Fiesta Bowl, year after, gets hit, taunted by the guy from Auburn. Oh, yeah, from Auburn. Yeah, I Next, again, next yeah. year, wins the Heisman, leads LSU to the Natty. Throws 60 touchdowns yeah. in the SEC. Like, uh, one of the arguably, if arguably greatest the greatest college, college season. season of yeah. all time. Yeah. Gets drafted first overall, shreds his knee. Like, yep. he, four games into the season, shreds his knee. He's only won two games as a starter before this year. And then now he's leading his team to the Super Bowl with his boy from LSU, Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. It's you a great story. You can't make this stuff up. No. But we go to overtime. KC <laughs> wins the flip. Josh Allen tweeting, pain. pain. <laughs> Yo, when when I, I literally said to Shaden, I was like, watch, Allen's going to call heads. Heads. Tails. <laughs> oh, and I immediately went yeah, to Twitter, yeah. and I saw Shafter retweeted Josh Allen's pain, and I was like, yo, if, yeah. <sighs> like, but then you know what? It And you see Joe Burrow's reaction. Yeah, he's, he's like, like fuck. <laughs> yeah. I I mean like it wasn't this game was really different than the Buffalo game because mm-hmm. KC wasn't just firing back and forth. They weren't on a roll. They didn't have momentum. Mm-hmm. They had nothing. Yeah, since so, they had all the momentum. And that was the difference. Their defense won them that game. Yeah. And obviously Von Bell getting that pick and then Joe Mixon and the offensive line running. Yeah. Like like, eight yards a yeah, carry yeah they <laughs> ran themselves in the field goal territory yeah and like obviously there's was there even two a, two or three passes yeah and that got him up field a yep. bit but Mixon and the o-line did their job they got into field yep. goal range and they're like okay and then, but then they even got they got down to the 10 yep and i like but, that i like yeah. that but because they were playing with house money they're like we just need to get 30 yards because if mm-hmm. we kick a field we don't need a touchdown but eli apple on the first possession almost got a pick to the house yeah, and dropped it. Oh, <laughs> and then the play after they pick him off. And yep. man, what a story, best Cincy. I think everyone here is a Bengals fan except maybe Kansas me. City. Maybe me because I have money invested in the Rams. But that's I'm <laughs> like I'm not too hung up on that because this Cincy story is hard not to root for. Totally agree. But should we go to the next game? Yeah, we should probably hurry up too, right? Because we're almost getting past the hour and a half. Oh, we're at an hour and ten right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, LA Rams, they were three and a half point favorites uh, against San Fran. You could say it was a home game for the Rams, but there was like <laughs> no, no, you can't. Sixty percent of them. Were it was 49ers sixty. Fans. It was sixty seventy percent forty niners. Yeah, but man, what were your thoughts on this game? Because this was a bit more of a like, it was. I want this one. Wasn't necessarily exciting, but it wasn't boring. It this shouldn't have been as close as it was. Yeah, you know, Stafford first drive pick, or no, second drive. Sorry, second drive pick, which was like when he threw that, I was like Stafford. That was yeah. You're you're guaranteed for a bad Stafford inter- Stafford interception a game, but that wasn't even the worst one that could have happened. And then you get that missed catch by number eighteen. Mm-hmm. I forget his name because it's such a weird name. But hey, no, in the end zone, right? Yeah, yeah, and that would have been a touchdown. But yeah, then I've no, never heard it was of a that field guy. goal. I never heard of that guy before. That. Uh, he he's he's come up like yeah. multiple times, not like anything big, but 
Yeah, no. So the Rams, like, and Cup had that rare drop. And Cup with that if, rare. If he didn't drop, drop that. That's to that's the a house. touchdown. Yeah, that's easily. To the house. Easily, and he dropped like as soon as he caught that, he had speed, and I saw he no one in front of him. I was grass. like, I was like, yo, that's to the house. And the next thing you know, half he a second it. later, I see the ball on the ground. I'm like, yeah, how do you drop that? Oh no, exactly. Yeah. And and like you can clearly tell that the Rams, like, they're not clicking. They're mm-hmm. not clicking on all cylinders right now. And do you trust? Obviously, two weeks preparation. Uh, you like to hear that, but. It looks like, you know, C.J. Ozama for the Bengals and Tyler Higby won't be playing Tyler, in the Super Bowl. Tyler Higby might play. Oh, yeah. really? I thought... MCL sprain. Um, it's poss- Is he going to play it's, through? It's said that he's. it's possible that he can play. I think that Jesus this Christ. happened, obviously, last week would have been better with the, if all things, mm-hmm. if they still win. But, like, the extra week off really helps. He's going to help. Yep. But I, th- I think he plays through it. Limited snaps. But I He'll, still think yeah. he plays it. I think he's like go out for the red zone opportunities. Yeah, like, yeah, he's a it. big red zone threat. Yeah, he so, can definitely take away but from other MCL teams. MCL sprain. I've seen guys play through that before. Um, so I. Th- it's the game of his life. Yeah, I I don't think he misses it. Yeah, I think he's like shoot me up with whatever painkillers you need. Yeah, <laughs> I'm playing in the Super Bowl. Yeah, no, fair so enough. I think he plays through, but he did go off hobbled he needed assistance off but yeah report came out that it's an mcl sprain so he should be playing okay i think well then there you go so yeah and then you know garoppolo that was the most carson wentz interception i think i've ever seen in my life but i'm not <laughs> giving him the blame though no well one. i mean you know what there has to be a little bit of a blame on garoppolo there was like that last possession by the 49ers that was god awful mm-hmm. It was bad. I'm just talking about the interception itself. Oh, yeah. No, that definitely went off the hands of, like, Ito Benjamin or whatever his name is. My dad instinctively was like, Garoppolo, what are you doing? I was like, he's getting sacked. He needs to get the ball up. Because Mm -hmm. what if he gets the ball to to the running back? And he makes a play. He makes the guy miss. What if he runs for a first down? You never know. No. He's trying to get the ball to him. He threw it. The running back run ran backwards. Yeah. And then he was forced to reach for it, tipped it heck yeah but that drive itself was terrible yeah it was an awful awful drive and i feel like you just kind of knew because for as good as garoppolo is we know he's not clutch no it's it's sad to say a man has a great winning percentage he's not clutch yeah it's hard to rely on garoppolo to win you a game despite his winning despite his record yeah it's like you're not gonna go into the game completely trusting garoppolo no it just happens to things work out for him yeah and people who are saying like oh debo like he doesn't he shows he doesn't care about the stat. no receiver is gonna openly say my quarterback sucks but his winning percentage is good yeah. of course you're gonna back him yeah of course yeah of course I... but like we all know debo we all know as soon as you get a competent quarterback you're gonna start saying oh well i've never seen this type of talent before yeah. And we all know it's just going to be a shot that, like, Garoppolo, you know, isn't – he isn't the guy. No. You know, it, like, when that Super Bowl, then they're playing the Chiefs. You know, it wasn't him. Yeah. It was Raheem Mostert in the defense. Yeah. So – I saw this funny uh, TikTok by a comedian. He was like, any San Fran, uh, any Niners fans in the house? And everyone cheers. And he's like, man, 
we have a hot QB. We're going to win. He's like, is Jimmy G going to throw four interceptions? Absolutely. <laughs> He's like, but are we going to win? Yes. Why? Because our QB is cute. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, I, I was like, that's pretty funny. But unfortunately, they came up short. But I think uh, the big play is that San Fran couldn't establish the run. Yeah, that's they a big, That's a big part of their offense. It's what, that's the that's biggest what, part. That's what gets their momentum to make passing plays is because they can disguise the run with play action because yeah, they've with established Debo. it. But only 50 rushing yards. Yeah, no, that's, you could definitely tell that they just... Yeah, for San Fran, that's just like, unfortunately, I don't think that's going to cut it if they want to win games. No. So, yeah, I think they kind of got away from that. And, I mean, third down efficiency, they're only at 33%. Whereas... Yes, the Rams are at 61%. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I don't know. Uh, big thing here I see, um, Rams only had 10 yards in penalties. San Fran had 54. Yep. But that dropped interception. Oh. I, that I even, was the turning point. I even said to Shaden, I'm like. That was the turning point because right after that, Matt Stafford Rams fired, go down in the. Uh, Stafford finds OBJ on the sideline yeah. for like a gain of like 25. Yeah, takes more time with the clock. And I even said to Shaden, I was like, if the 49ers lose, <laughs> that's going to be looked yeah. upon because right as after that, a huge turning point. Because right after that, the Rams were started rolling. Yeah. They started going. They, they started getting the wheels turning. So Yeah, no, that's – it It wasn't like it was a, a an awfully hard catch. No, it was right <laughs> It was right in – it was right to his chest, stomach area. All you have to do is cradle the ball. You know, it's not but that hard. If he, if he just does basket, keep his elbow together, because it went right through here. Yeah. Yeah, he had it, like, right up here, yeah. and it just it fell, like, right there. So, yeah, you got to make you gotta make big plays. As soon as you saw that, you kind of knew it just wasn't the 49ers. No. And is... for as bad and for as off as the Rams seem, you just knew that it was going to be the Rams' turn to win. Yeah. And, I mean, hats off to you, Rams, uh, for finally winning against the 49ers. Couldn't have done it week 18. No. Mm-mm. <laughs> we all know. We all know. And, and I was telling Jeff, too, even in their hype-up video, they literally said they didn't want to beat the 49ers in week 18. I don't know if any of you heard of that or saw that, but that's kind of sus. <laughs> you know, that's that's really sus. Yeah. But I think it I think it totally uh goes with the narrative of the Rams didn't want to play New Orleans. Yeah, I mean New Orleans is a tough team to play because their defense is just so ferocious, so I understand it. Yeah. And it, like since Arizona was kind of flopping. We've already been through this, so, yeah. There's always next year. Always next year, but we're not going to talk about the Super Bowl in this episode. We're going to preview it next week. But one thing I do want to quickly talk about, um, Canadian men's soccer team. So they are one win away with some help to clinch the World Cup, which is something, like, they're not even hosting this year, and they could potentially be in the World Cup in Qatar, which is absolutely unbelievable. But I have a super funny story, Hayden, to tell you. Okay. So I don't know if you saw my Twitter the past few days, but I tweeted this on Sunday. So my parents, Canada played U.S. on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And my parents are watching it, and they're like, uh, it's 1-1, right? 
and game's over. They're like, we'll take a tie. Like, we'll take that 100%. Like, against the U.S., like, we're still undefeated, all that. They look at the standings, and they're like, why is the, like, why are we fourth on the table? Like, why is it, seems like it reset? And we were like, maybe they eliminated some teams that weren't in contention anymore. Maybe they have a new table and mm-hmm. have a new round or whatever. Maybe that. And then as I'm watching the Bengals Chiefs game, I'm getting soccer updates. And I was like, maybe they're watching, like, how are they just cheering for it now? The game happened this morning mm-hmm. at like 11. It ended at like 12. Why are they getting updates about that? And then I look, and it's like, Canada wins 2 nothing. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, they tied. My parents watched the first matchup between Canada and U.S. It was a rerun. Oh, my God, it was a rerun? <laughs> so they weren't watching the actual... <laughs> they were watching a rerun from the beginning of the World Cup qualifier. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. <laughs> and they completely missed the 2 that, nothing victory. That is the most parent thing <laughs> to happen. I was dying laughing because and then i went down and told my mom i was like hey so uh canada played again today she was like that doesn't make sense they wouldn't play twice and i was like yeah because they didn't play twice you watched the wrong game (laughs) she's like what do you mean i'm like canada that wasn't the right game that was the first game of the qualifiers between them my mom was like oh you're kidding oh my god she was like so what was the score and i told her and she was like she cheered but she was like i can't believe we did that I mean, you guys are boneheads. I don't know why that like, okay, that's very dumb to put a rerun on the same day. Like uh, when it was the wild card weekend, right? Mm -hmm. On, of course, uh, it's not the zone. You know, it's not uh, any streaming service. It's cable. Yeah. But they were putting a rerun of the Bills Patriots. But like the week 17 matchup or whatever, the oh, week 18 matchup. Not the playoff one. Yeah. And so uh, when I was over at my dad's buddies, we were putting on the game and it was like, wait, I thought the Cincinnati and Vegas game was first. It was, but fucking idiots put on the rerun matchup of the uh, Patriots and Bills. And we're like, what is happening right now? <laughs> Are we high? Yeah. <laughs> and I see like on my phone... Uh, watch Wild Card Weekend starting now. Uh, the Bengals versus the Raiders. And I'm like, what is happening? Yeah. So, yeah, no, that that's just that's just parents being parents and being old. Yeah, I no, I laughed so hard when I saw that. I was like, these guys watched yeah. the wrong game. And and they were into it too. They were getting they were screaming. They're getting hyped. The score, the tie. Oh my up. god. We're like, we, we took a draw. Like, I'll totally take that. And I was like, that's a long game. That just reminds me, too. Like, my my mom, too. She's on my PlayStation, and she's trying to switch the user account to hers to play uh, some video games. And she's like, how do I do this? And I've showed her multiple times. Multiple times now how to change the user. And, of course, forgets every single time. Calls me when I'm driving. Yeah, this is how you do it. Yeah, yeah, go all the way over to the right. Yeah, okay, now press switch user. Oh, okay, now where am I? <laughs> Mom, it's a list. It literally, like, you move to the right. It shows you. Yeah. Oh, that's funny, but Aiden, this is a fun episode. I'm going to I'm gonna bring you back on for Super Bowl preview. 
and probably recap. Let's Lovely it here. <laughs> Were you, no, you weren't on the last episode. Sorry, but that three no. episodes in a row you're about to be on. So I love it, man. Count your blessings. But as you know, this is your time to shine. Let the people know where they can find you, bud. Uh, on Instagram and Twitter, Hayden underscore Barton. Um, I have one question for you, though. What's up? Does Eminem wear a Detroit Lions Matt Stafford jersey? Because this is the closest Detroit has ever been to the Super Bowl in the past however many years. I could see it. Right? But also, I feel like Eminem might just wear like his... Black like suit or whatever. Yeah, like denim jacket or something like that. Or what if leather jacket. he shaves his face and bleaches his hair? That would be fire. And puts on a Detroit jersey, Stafford. He has his baggy sweats. I think that would be fire. I think he would be it would be electric. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm so excited for the halftime show. Yeah, we'll preview the halftime yeah. show next week. It's gonna be fun. But you guys know where to follow me on Instagram at Jevin.Lefave, on Twitter at JevinLefave. Find everything for the show on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at leftsideheavy underscore. If you're watching this on YouTube, subscribe. If you're only listening, head over to the YouTube, subscribe to Left Side Heavy, ring the bell, uh, like, comment, interact. I always love interacting with everyone but yeah this is super fun i'm really excited for the super bowl it might be one of the more exciting ones in the past few years because i don't think there's no one no one can cheer for anyone else yeah besides just Bengals fans and just like of the 10 rams fans um (laughs) they're the only one who doesn't want the other team to win other than that i think this is the people's super bowl Mm -hmm. they want to see stafford win or joe burrow is just the coolest guy in the world but Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. Super Bowl preview. Peace.